Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in the series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through health. In each broadcast in the series, I'll interview a new health and fitness expert. I also want to welcome our AARP Decide, Create, and Share listeners and the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make health and uh, nutrition and fitness a part of their daily, hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. Now let me welcome today's very special guest, uh, Julie Burks. Julie is a registered dietitian, an ACE health coach, an ACE certified personal trainer, and a special, a certified specialist in sports nutrition. Julie currently works as the dietitian for the United States Marine Corps aboard MCAS Miramar, keeping Marines healthy and fit. Julie also recently authored a cookbook geared toward Marines and their families, which I'm sure applies to all of us as well, called Semper Fit Cookbook. Julie teaches nutrition courses for Southwestern and Miramar Miramar Colleges here in San Diego. And she says she has a little bit of free time. And she in, in that free time, she loves to exercise, cook, and eat healthy food with her family and friends. She has an MS degree in exercise physiology from San Diego State University and a BS degree in nutrition and clinical dietetics from UC Berkeley. My goodness, we are blessed with truly a uh, renowned expert, a good friend of the American Council on Exercise, and I'm sure someone who's going to help lead us to some very practical tips on knowing where we're going. Uh, and uh, you've got to know where you're, where you're at, though, before you know where you're going. So with that, let's talk about how important it is to know where I'm starting from before I get on my journey. Talk a little bit about how I understand where I am. Okay, well, before we figure out, you know, where we are and where we're going, we have to, we have to know exactly what it is, you know, our goal of where we are going. So is that goal or that place you want to go a, a 5K? Is it getting on the floor with your grandchildren? Um, or is it just, you know, being able to walk a, a, for an hour with without stopping, including more fruits and vegetables. We have to kind of look at the person has to figure out where where is it that they want to go before we can get started. Uh, One of the things I think that uh, is really important is for people to kind of look at where they are, look at their weight, their current activity levels, uh, what they're eating, what their motivation level is. um, But more importantly, I think we need to look at habits. Mm -hmm. When you say look at we hear that a lot. You have to look at, you have to understand your motivation. You have to know what you, what is it? Let's bring it down to real practical tips. How do I understand what I want? Talk about some practical tips for that. I think you need to look deep inside and look at what is it that you are trying to achieve? And is it weight loss? Is it you know, a, a particular exercise goal, and it needs to be very specific. If people don't really know what they're trying to get and they haven't 
written it down, they kind of flounder. Mm-hmm. And so there's no real steps to get to the goal that they're trying to reach. So they need to be as specific as they can. So you might ask yourself, like you said, do I want to be able to play with my grandchildren? Do I want to be able to go for a walk around the block? Do I want to run a 5K or 10K, whatever it may be? Uh, do I want to walk uh, in, a, in a 5K? So it's those kinds of very clear, practical questions. Start with that. That's what you're saying. I'm saying, yes, you definitely have to start with exactly what you want to do. Many times uh, for, for listeners to this podcast, it may be prompted by a doctor saying you need to exercise more. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they may not really know what that means. So you're saying make it very personal. Very personal. Right. Okay. So what are some of the tools available that can uh, make it easy to keep track of where you are and where you're headed? A lot of people talk about the importance of writing things down. Right. Writing things down and keeping logs of, uh, of nutrition and fitness activities is, is extremely important for someone to figure out what they're really doing. Uh, we people tend to overestimate their exercise and underestimate their food intake. So when we have them write it down, we see that people are often surprised that they, oh, I really only exercise one day a week. I thought I did three. Or I guess I do eat a lot of junk food. I thought I was eating really healthy and I didn't eat any vegetables today. So by tracking it, we see real visual, visually what we're actually doing. So. Um, a typical food log would include things like the time of day that you ate it, the food that you ate, what were your feelings while you were eating, what emotion was, was there, who were you with, what were you doing while you were eating. So it may be that you uh, sit at the, at the television frequently and eat, which then becomes maybe a trigger for eating. So by writing down what, what we're actually doing, when we're doing it, what we're doing at the time, we we identify patterns of our own behavior that maybe we need to make some changes. Um, and same with the, with the um, exercise logs. So writing down what exercise we're doing, how long we're doing it, uh, how we're feeling while we're doing that exercise. How important is it to share that with other people? Um, how, in other words, like uh, you say to your spouse or partner or friends, uh, you know, coworkers, um, so this is what I ate today, or this is how much I've exercised. What do you think about sharing that with friends and other family members? I think sharing it makes it more honest. Aha. Uh-huh. So if we keep it to ourselves, we can kind of fib to ourselves and hide it from other people. But when we re- it really expose ourselves to what we're actually doing, we can be more successful in getting where we need to go. Uh-huh. And what about um, apps that are out there now on the smartphones and, you know, where you can automatically log in you, it keeps track for you you don't even have to yeah, think those, about it. they're wonderful um you know some people like to do old-fashioned pen and paper uh, which is very tedious and people really don't like to keep track of what they're doing it's it's time consuming and they hate it really but and they, they forget, forget they to forget write down. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so the apps make it really um a little more fun to do it uh, there are some free apps that any device that you can download apps it works. Um, one of my favorites is my fitness pal. Uh-huh. It's a very easy um, visual program and you log in your food and you log in your exercise and it keeps track for you. So it tells you exactly how many calories, how much fat are you eating, how much protein are you eating and how much exercise are you getting and then the balance of it. Yeah. 
I sometimes uh, make uh, uh, make the analogy between, like, if you have a fever, and the doctor says, "Well, what what is your fever? What, what's your temperature?" You take your temperature. You know immediately it's a hundred and two. You have no problem doing that because it just seems natural. But if the doctor or your health coach, your fitness trainer, a nutritionist, registered dietitian tells you, "I want you to start writing things down." We balk at that a little bit, but it's the same feedback. You, you, it changes your behavior when you get that feedback, and that's what you're talking about. What about um, the, 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 the cal- caloric intake and some of the apps where you can scan the food, the portion size, and it automatically tells you that? Does, does that seem to change behavior when people see, my goodness, this was 800, that piece of cake I had at Starbucks is you know, that many calories? It changes it. It changes things so much that when restaurants were putting the calorie contents right on the menus, people were not ordering what they normally ate. I think there was even a drop in people going to restaurants. So now restaurants have taken those calorie contents off of their menus and have them on a separate menu that you have to ask for. So I think it's very powerful when people see, wow, that has 800 calories in it. I didn't even know that. So when they see that, it does make a difference. You know what I find it's interesting with this? There's been studies where they've looked at putting calories on the menu and then putting the amount of hours of exercise to exercise that portion off. And so the calories, the, the person will say, oh, I'll make that up later. I can have it now. That pizza, I'll eat it now. It doesn't matter. I'll just eat less later. Wait a minute. I have to, I have to run three hours on a treadmill to work that off? No, I got to be honest. I don't have three hours to run on the treadmill for that. It's not worth it. You know, uh, so I think that the the idea of being honest with yourself, like you're saying, is so important for this. I want to ask you about, um, in terms of honesty and self-feedback, the hunger scale. Um, uh, on the American Council on Exercise website, we have the hunger scale, which which has two red zones. I'm starving to the point of feeling sick. Um, and and uh, on the other side, I've eaten so much that I'm sick and miserable and I'm extremely uncomfortable. Tell our listeners about the, the hunger, hunger scale. scale. Well, the hunger scale is a tool that is used to kind of, what we're really trying to do is get back to our physiological responses to food and hunger. Uh, over the years, I, well, as we're children, we pretty much eat when we're hungry and we stop when we're full. Our parents really destroy that in us by making us eat when we're not hungry, makes kids finish their plates when they maybe don't want to eat. Uh, So kids have a very great way of regulating their food intake uh, normally. Now, adults kind of throw that out the window. We can go for hours without eating, even though we really have the sensations in our body to eat. So this is a way of becoming more conscious of eating. So we, we want to look, when we sit down and eat, how hungry are we? If we're at a zero, we are so hungry we could eat our own arm. And we don't want to be there because what happens when people get that hungry is they lose all resolve. They decide, I'm starving, I'm going to eat whatever I want. They don't make good food choices. They overeat. And so that overeating, then they get up to a 10 and feel miserable which adds to guilt. Mm-hmm, and right. then they try to diet down the next day uh, and they're dieting, dieting, not eating, not eating. And then they're, they're hungry again. They get down to a zero. Right. We want to stay, five is, is a perfect place to be. You're not thinking about food. You're completely satisfied. 
uh, we want to stay between four and six. Mm -hmm. So as we start getting down to four, it's time to, we're thinking about food. It's time for us to eat. Mm -hmm. We want to eat until we're about a six. We're satisfied, but we're not stuffed. Mm -hmm. And if we can consciously put that into our, our heads every time we're eating, where do I fit on the scale? Where am I right now? And how can I eat to stay within the middle range of that, that chart, that scale? What about the difference between um, being emotionally hungry and physically hungry? Uh, I, I break it down between eating for the neck up and eating for the neck down. Talk about that a bit. Well, we eat for all different reasons, but there's a lot of emotional eating going on where it has nothing to do with being hungry. It may be that we're having a bad day and that makes us feel better. It, it may be that we're, we're sad and depressed, so we're going to eat because it, make, it actually does make you feel better temporarily. Um, and so emotional eating is, is very, I think is a very complex issue and a big part of weight control. I've heard that emotional eating um, comes on quickly. Mm -hmm. um, it uh, doesn't have a particular focus. I should, excuse me, I should say it's focused on like one particular food. Mm -hmm. I, I have a craving for pizza. It has this mental component of I have to eat now. Yeah. That's more emotional, right? That's more emotional. It comes on quickly like that. Yeah. And, and it's almost you can't get it out of your head until you've eaten it. Right. And then after you've eaten it. Guilt. Guilt. So it doesn't, didn't help. <laughs> and, it didn't, you're not, and you're not feeling better. No. You're feeling worse. Right. Physical eating comes on slow. Um, I'm just hungry. I guess I could eat this. I'm so hungry I could eat this, this, or this. It's not focused on a particular food. Um, talk about physical hunger. Well, physical hunger, if we eat every three or four hours consistently throughout the day, we start feeling slight physical needs. Like our tummy will start growling a little bit. We'll start thinking about food, but not anything in particular. So it comes on slowly. And then if we eat, we satisfy that, that hunger. And then we have less emotional eating when we do that mm -hmm. because we're kind of satisfied and not thinking about food. So is it reasonable for our listeners to say, um, to ask themselves, is this physical, real, coming on slow, a little bit of rumbling, growling, I'm hungry, not for any particular food, or is this emotional and then taking responsibility for deciding? I think that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> I think we'd be a lot better off if we all did that. Right. So given the fact that, what, what do you recommend to help keep people on track with their nutrition and fitness goals? Well, I think that, you know, people need to reward themselves for a job well done. Not with food, <laughs> uh, but with things, maybe exercise clothes or a new pair of shoes. But I think people really need to be uh, nice to themselves. And if they do slip up and have a setback, which everybody does, we want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. You still hug yourself. You does, doesn't mean you throw away everything because you've had one setback. Um, keeping on track, keep logging things, keep looking at what we're doing, keep staying honest, have a support system, maybe a health coach, uh, somebody that you can give that feedback to keeps you honest, keeps you accountable. There's a lot of mindfulness, a lot of self-awareness that you've talked about in this mm -hmm. broadcast today. Be, re be aware, be, be responsible, perhaps meditate for a couple of minutes and be aware of what your goal is that day. That's the kind of thing you're suggesting. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I want to thank you for joining me today, Julie. Um, uh, as always, I encourage uh, everyone to subscribe to this podcast and continue your journey to health and fitness by visiting acefit.com. And I want to thank Julie Burks for being here today and sharing so much helpful information. I'm sure that uh, as the dietitian for the United States Marine Corps aboard the MCAS Miramar, uh, you are helping tremendously with uh, Marines and families and in your book, Semper Fi Cookbook. Um, uh, but uh, I, I do visit acefit.com where you can find everything you need to live your most fit life. You can explore thousands of healthy recipes, health and fitness videos and articles, workout plans, health programs, creative ways you can get your family moving, and expert insight on a wide range of topics. Please join me, Dr. Michael Mantell, next time on 15 Minutes to Wellness, which you can find at acefit.com backslash fitcasts.